As the debates continue to swirl on how to contain COVID, some places implementing new tactics, record numbers in California, Arizona, Florida, but there's an unseen forgotten casualty, those who've died homebound. Houston, we have a problem. With the United States recently passing 3 million coronavirus cases, Houston has been confronting a hidden toll. People are dying at home at alarming rates. Before paramedics can reach their homes to help, many of them COVID positive. Meanwhile, Berlin, Germany has encouraged its commuting citizens to refrain from wearing deodorant. Protect yourself from the virus and your neighbor's stench by masking up. Silly, yes? But Germany has found success against COVID. Give no opportunity. That's the motto for our response to COVID. But Christians know it runs deeper. Give no opportunity to the flesh. Put sin to death. Sin turns us against one another. But the cross brings us together in the shadow of Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series today called Christians You Should Know. Today, we're going to meet up with the president of Wheaton College, Dr. Philip Riken. Phil and I have been friends since we first met at a church he used to pastor in Philadelphia. And he opens up with me about the challenges his school and even his family have faced during the worst pandemic the world has seen in a hundred years. You're going to be encouraged to hear how the Lord has ministered to him and will minister to you. So I invite you to stay with me and receive a blessing. And then after the program, I'd like you to meet another Christian you should know. You've probably heard the story of Corey Ten Boom and her family who helped rescue Jews from the Nazis in World War II. But you will experience this true story in an all-new way when you listen to the radio drama called The Hiding Place. It's pure cinema of the mind. It'll greatly remind you that Jesus is always with his people, even in the darkest of times. So after this program... You can call us, you can make your gift to the ministry, but ask for the Hiding Place CD set when you call 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or you can make your gift online, and when you're there, listen to part of the audio drama. And our web address is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now, here's a group called We the Union, and I will trust in you. What lies ahead, how could I know? Trials may come, I can't control. Let come what may, I'll always know you are my solid ground. With you I'm safe and sound I will trust in you, my God I will trust in you, my Savior Even in the darkest night You will never leave my side God. 
is Haven today, and we're talking about higher education, how it's changed with COVID-19, and in particular, Christian higher education. We had a Christian university president on with us yesterday from Springfield, Missouri, and now we're going to have today the president of Wheaton College, Phil Riken. He's been on the program with us in the past. Phil, uh, good to have you on, and thanks for joining me today again. Charles, I I value our friendship and I admire your ministry, and it's uh, great to have a chance to talk to you today. You've been at Wheaton College for many years. We first got to know each other when uh, you were a pastor in Philadelphia at a famous church there. But let's go back, could I say, the last hundred days, and then we'll work on the next hundred days. But what's been happening the last few months? How did you guys cope with it? So, you know, Charles, uh, COVID-19 really affects everybody in the whole world. Um, Even people in remote tribal locations have been affected uh, by this coronavirus. But the impact in higher education has been, I think, really large. Uh, It's partly because we've got lots of people on our campuses. They live in close proximity. Um, And we have people of all ages uh, from, you know, college students who are young and usually healthy to uh, people looking after our college students who are a lot older and, and maybe more vulnerable to the coronavirus, but we're also living in close community. And um, on a campus like Wheaton's campus, we've got students from all over the world and all 50 United States. So, and, and we've got a lot of people that travel frequently and COVID really hit us 
um, right during spring break. And we had the prospect of students coming back to campus from Africa, from Honduras, from Florida, from major cities around the country where they were doing ministry. I mean, they're just, there were just a lot, a lot of aspects um, to it. We, we made um, a pretty early decision. I think we were the first college or university in Illinois to say that we were suspending in-person classes. And we made the decision to do it for the rest of the semester right from the get-go because that, that's, that was our understanding of the scope of the problem. So I, I say that our faculty uh, did one of the most remarkable things Wheaton College faculty have done in almost 160 years of higher education, and that is move the entire curriculum from in-person classroom instruction to online remote instruction. In, in about 10 days, we moved 900 courses to that, that modality. And um, so it was a big adjustment for all of us. Let me, let me ask you this, Phil. When you started shutting down in-person classes, the word we were hearing on the street uh, was it wasn't affecting younger people. So we didn't have to worry about it so much. So what caused you to take that step forward uh, to protect students who at that point uh, didn't appear to be even getting it? And if they did, it wasn't going to be serious. Yeah, so we, we saw from the beginning that this was an opportunity to practice Christian charity. Um, I do think college students can be at risk, so there, there is some risk. It's lower than most risks for them, but we're also in a community and have lots of contact with people in our community, and within our community, we have, have faculty members actually uh, one or two into their 80s, so, um, you know, it was really out of concern for our entire community, not just on campus, but our nearby community as well. Okay, now let's move forward. Let's talk about the next 100 days. Let's talk about what's going to happen here in another month or two months. What's Wheaton College going to look like then? Yeah, so I think one of the challenges for all of us is we have to live with some uncertainty about the future. We always should live with some uncertainty about the future and really leave things in the Lord's hands. Um, I mean, I like to say Lord willing. And it, it seems to have a particular forcefulness in, in these challenging days. Uh, we're making plans for an on-campus, in-person, highly adapted start to our fall semester in August. Um, Illinois has been one of the most successful states at containing the virus to this yes. date. We've been uh, more restrictive than some parts of the country. And our plans for opening campus are, are fully in compliance with our county and state officials and their guidance. But uh, we've said from the beginning that guidance could change. I mean, the state could say we're not on phase four, we're on phase three, and that could have a lot of implications for us. But um, we'll have fewer students in the classroom uh, because we'll be in bigger classrooms. We'll not have any faculty or staff eating in the dining hall because we're going to spread our students out and uh, mm -hmm. they're going to be the top priority. Uh, it really is remains to be seen what athletics is going to look like. Uh, we're not going to have large concerts. I mean, there are lots of things that are going to be very different. Even chapel services, we're not going to be able to meet as an entire campus. The losses that come with that are massive. Yeah. But the alternative is really studying at home alone. And, and we've discovered that's not healthy mm -hmm. for people. It's not appealing. Students really want to be together and they want to be with their community if, if at all possible. And we'll, we'll try to make that happen. What we're talking about is a COVID safe, thunder strong fall semester. Mm. Well, let's move to the spiritual now, not just keeping it at bay as you reopen this fall. What's the Lord been teaching you personally? Talk about yourself, how the Lord has been at work in you then let's open that up and make that a little wider. Yeah. 
So, I mean, there's just so much to say on that score, Charles. You know, one, one of the first things that comes to mind is something that's really been a blessing for me. Uh, I've been working at home. I, I would have the freedom. I mean, we're regarded as essential by the state of Illinois. I, I have a private office. I could go into campus every day, I suppose. But most of our people have been working from home. So I've been working from home. And uh, it's challenging in lots of mm-hmm. ways. But it's really been a blessing to be at home, uh, looking out the window every day and watch over the course of the springtime and into the summer, watch things grow. Uh, just see plants and flowers. I'm an avid birder and we've had lots of birds in the backyard. So I I think it's um, my experience of creation has been especially meaningful because we're dealing with a lot of death and dying and disease, but I'm also seeing things come to life and just enjoying the beauty of that, trying to sit outside every day and enjoy the beauty of God's creation. So that's, I think I'll always remember that um, as a significant part of this season. Uh, It's been a great time for us to be together as a family and spend more time together. That's a mixed blessing, my kids (laughs) will tell you. Um, But for us, I mean, I said at dinner one night, I said, I know it's tough. You know, we've had dinner together as a family for 60 days in a row or whatever it is. Uh, you'd much rather hang out with your friends right now. I just want you to know these days are great for us to be mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that resonates with them at some level. I mean, they'll, this is something they'll always remember. Uh, another thing we did together is memorize Psalm 91. And uh, this was my mother's challenge to all 16 of her grandchildren. So uh, we, uh, we memorized the Psalm. We've got motions that go with it. And, um, <laughs> I think that, too, is going to be a reference point for uh, for my kids. And that's really a psalm of God's protection and deliverance from pestilence and danger. And I'm sure those are some of the reasons my mother was uh, thinking about this psalm. But it's also really a psalm of shelter in place uh, because, you know, the Lord is our dwelling place. That's, that's the message of the psalm. So, um, you know, the difficulties, the challenges, the losses have been great but also the opportunities to be in the Lord's presence, to experience God's people in a different way. Uh, that's also been very meaningful. Well, our listeners wouldn't know that your kids are uh, older, and so uh, they would be highly embarrassed for anyone to be watching the uh, recitation with motions, hand motions of Psalm 91 at the Riken House the yeah, last Yeah, that's probably true. So I've got at home right now, my, my daughter Kirsten, who's married and out of college now was with us for part of the time, but I've got, uh, I had a couple of high schoolers and a college student. No, when, when you, uh, when you get to be 50 plus Charles, you need kinesthetic <laughs> learning and uh, hand motions are really good. So my, my kids actually accused me at a certain point of lip syncing some of the Psalm and not actually knowing it. I said, challenge accepted. And I recited the entire Psalm for them. I don't know that I can hold my own, but I was I was trying to do my best. You were doing a good job. Let, let's let's talk about just the spiritual implications long term. Uh, I've had more than one person tell me, including people who've had uh, COVID and we've had on the program, that uh, their prayer is that God will use this pandemic in a wider respect. Got any stories out of the Wheaton culture? You know, I we should always be a little careful of that we know exactly what God is up to. I mean, if you said to me at some level, this is divine judgment or chastisement, I think mm. you can make an argument for that. If you said this is, um, you know, consequences of human sin, I think you can make draw some really important lines to that, not just to the disease itself, but to how it's played out in culture and how it's had heavier effects on, on some people than others. So one thing I'll say um, about the Lord and his work is he's a master economist, Nothing is wasted. Uh, 
and he is never up to just one thing. He's up to all kinds of things in mm-hmm. you know many mm-hmm. people's many people's lives. So I think we should be uh, slow to conclude. We know what the Lord is up to in somebody else's life, but very quick to recognize how He's working in our own lives. Uh, I definitely think we have been as a church have really seen how much we value in-person contact. This is not healthy for us not to be able to touch people, to be with people, to worship in close proximity. We are we were made for those things. What we're right. experiencing right now is something against nature and against uh, supernature. It's against the what, what the Lord wants to do in his body by his spirit. So hopefully our experience of being apart is making our hearts grow fonder for one another and uh, for the lively community life of the body of Christ. Mm, that's good. All right. Now, I'm going to really raise a flag here. You want to talk to me about masks at all? It's really tough. I've been talking to people in Texas and Florida and Arizona over the last two weeks. People are not happy to wear a mask. You want to dip your toe in that water? Oh, I, I'm happy to, Charles. So first of all, you know, th- th- that's another example of something that's really against our nature. Uh, yes. <laughs> we want to see one another face to face. There is nothing more compelling than the human face. Uh, this is a slight digression, but I, I saw an amazing documentary on National Geographic one time, Charles. One of the comments they made really stuck with me. The cover art of National Geographic has a very strong bias towards the human face because the human face is the most that we're made in the image of God. You know, we're, we're the pinnacle of creation in so many ways. Sure. For us to have our faces covered veiled. um, Actually the hope is an unveiled face to face encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. So anything having to do with masking or veiling and, and it's uncomfortable. I mean, there's just particularly glasses like I do. I mean, there's just a lot of things. They fog up, don't they? Like both of us, right? Yes. So uh, why do we wear a mask, which is customary in the state of Illinois? You do not go into any uh, public institution without wearing a mask, and it's now part of the culture, at least for this season. If we have a strong enough mask, it's partly to protect ourselves from uh, air particles that may bring disease, but more so it's an act of charity for others uh, because we are protecting them from the possibility that we may have this. And I, I, I go back to the words of, uh, Martin Luther, Charles, you know, he, he experienced the black death in Germany in the red mm-hmm. days of the reformation. And he strongly emphasized Christians should be fearless in the face of disease. If people need our help, we should go help them. But we also need to be careful because if we go into places where God is not calling us to go or go into places in a way God is not calling us to go, um, and we put at risk other people to their very lives, we may become the murderers of others. So Luther, on the one hand, had this amazing boldness about how fearless we should be, particularly to care for others, but also a very strong emphasis on protecting others. So it's actually, we wear masks because it's pro-life, Charles, that's why. Mm. Bill Riken, president of Wheaton College. Um, before you go, I think we better pray. So would you just pray for our listeners uh, in this season, and and not just what we've been through, but but pray for the next hundred days as well. Yeah, I'd love to do that, and I'll use some of the words of Psalm 91 as I do, Charles. Lord, you are our dwelling place, our shelter. We abide in your shadow, Almighty God. You are our refuge and our fortress, the God in whom we trust. We claim your promise of deliverance and of healing. We claim your promise of peace and fearlessness through your Holy Spirit. 
And Lord, in all the turmoil in our world, economic turmoil, disease and death, grief and lament, issues of injustice that afflict our own society and our present around the world, we see so clearly our need for your deliverance. We long for the day of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ when everything will be healed, when everything will be mended, when everything will be made whole. But until that day, help us, Lord, to live in charity. And we lift up uh, before you today the sufferings of those close to us and pray for your mercy on them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dr. Philip Riken. Thank you, my brother, for being on Haven today with me. Yeah, thank you, Charles. Uh, God bless you and God bless our listeners. My dwelling place is God most high, my refuge and my fortress. When plague and pestilence draw nigh, I'm hidden in His presence. When terrors fall and arrows fly, His shield will be my safety. When stones across my pathway lie, on angels' wings I'm carried. is God most high, a present help in danger. I rest secure in love's pure light beneath my master's favor. He freed me from the fowler's snare where sin and shame had bound me. Deceived I'd made my refuge there. Fearless, he came for me. Wonderful, powerful, my hope and my defender. Mighty God, Emmanuel, my dwelling place forever.
all during COVID-19. The Gettys have been doing online concerts, blessing us, and that was a blessing from them called My Dwelling Place. I'm Charles Morris, and I'm so thankful we were able to spend time with my friend, Dr. Phil Riken from Wheaton College. I've known him since he first started in the pastorate in Philadelphia, and we've been friends since then. And if you haven't heard the incredible but true story of Corey Ten Boom and her family called The Hiding Place, I want to recommend it. This well-produced radio drama plays out like a movie in your mind and shares the story of how the Ten Booms not only rescued Jews from the Nazis, but how they were comforted by Christ in the concentration camp where they were sent. This will remind you that Christ is with you, even in the darkest of pits. Now, here's the number to call right now. You can make your gift. The number is 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Be sure and ask for The Hiding Place. Or visit our website, and remember you can hear a sample from this radio drama. And our web address to go to is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time, when again we get to share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When King Solomon finished building the temple and the Ark of the Covenant was placed inside, it says, The cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. It was a magnificent display of God's presence and power. And yet, later in life, Solomon would forget he would be led astray and worship other gods. How could someone so wise be so foolish? Well, that same weakness lies in all of us. We underestimate the seductive power of sin and overestimate our own faithfulness. But Jesus is more powerful than both. So the wisest thing you and I can do is cling to him and look to no other. Get daily insights into God's word with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.